TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 571, and I'm Libby, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Six Degrees of Geek. Hi, this is Yusun, costume designer and TV enthusiast, calling in from Los Angeles. Hi, this is Tom. I chair the communication department at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida and host the Screen Tom podcast on Anchor FM and iTunes. Nice. All right, uh, Tom, you got some news for us? We've got some news. Uh, BBC has announced that Jamie Dornan is returning for The Tourist Season 2. Guess he doesn't have any more Shades of Grey to do. Um, Hallmark has picked up The Way Home for Season 2. HBO Max has announced that uh, Clancy Brown, who who voiced Lex Luthor on Superman Animated Series, has been cast in a recurring role on the Penguin series. Netflix has ordered Zero Hour Limited Series, a thriller, with Robert De Niro starring. It's his first regular TV gig. And Leslie Linka Glatter to direct. Shonda Land's The Residence has added uh, a bunch of people to the cast, including Andre Brower, Jason Lee, Bronson Pinchot, and Susan Kalichi Watson, formerly of This Is Us. And finally, from Netflix, the Stranger Things prequel play, The First Shadow, opens in London later this year. Ooh. Uh, Nickelodeon has greenlit a Thunderman's revival movie with all of the original cast returning. The big news from Paramount Plus this week, Star Trek Discovery will end with season five. Um, They're already done with principal photography, but they're going to do some kind of reshoots so they can give it a proper series finale. And to no one's surprise, B.B. Newworth is going to reprise her role as Lilith, Fraser Crane's ex-wife on the Fraser revival. Damian Lewis is going to return to Billions for half of season seven. And Waco, the Aftermath limited series, has added 10 to the cast, including Gary Cole and Shea Wiggum. Finally, Stars has picked up the, the three women series with Shailene Woodley starring after Showtime canceled it. Okie doke. All right, let's start off with the shows. First up, we're gonna want we're gonna talk about the Mayfair Witches finale. Um, so this is the last episode and la- uh, and the episode before um, our main character basically blew up the warehouse where all the witch hunters were and gutted them and killed them in really inventive ways. Except the one random weak bad guy showed back up and shot people. Shot her in the shoulder. I think he shot her in the shoulder. Somebody he shot, shot her in the shoulder. He shot, he shot her, her in the shoulder, the shoulder and killed, and he the- killed Tessa. Yeah. Killed right. Tessa. And so this episode opens with a big run through the woods as she stalks him like she's Jason or Freddy Krueger or something. And he's running for his life and she's bleeding out. And he dies horribly in a fire because she, call- she calls forth Lasher. But really the whole episode is a weird, let's get this pregnancy started kind of thing started and finished finished. yeah it was like oh my god you're pregnant oh my god you're really pregnant oh my god here's a baby um i thought that was kind of that part i thought was cheesy except that i guess i'm glad it's over 
Like, I'm, I guess I'm glad we skipped that whole nine months of pregnancy back and forth. We just skipped to the end, but it still felt a little cheesy. What'd you guys think? Uh, um, I'm... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Allie. You sure? All right. Well, um, you know, this, there's we were talking before about how there's they were just sort of spinning their wheels for the longest time and treading water. And then at the very end, it's like, oh, that's right. We have a plot we have to do. And, <laughs> and they shoved it all in the last hour. And as much as I agree with you, and I, I don't really want to watch, you know, this woman getting supernaturally pregnant for, for like an entire season. At the same time, it just feels like they did nothing for so long and they should have been prepping us for, I mean, they were saying, well, something's coming, but they didn't say pr precisely this. And to have all of this, I mean, from from conception to birth, to not not just birth, but the kid ages like a year. Um, I know. It's in 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 the course of one episode. That is a very big newborn. Um, you know, and all of that happens in one episode was just sort of ridiculous. It was like they just suddenly looked at the clock and realized, oh, <laughs> we're running out of time. We got to get this done. Uh, so is, it was just kind of frenetic and, yeah. you know, I mean, and, and also I know where this is going. I mean, they're talking about, um, you know, that he's, that, uh, Lasher needs a body. So by, right. I'm sure by very close to the beginning of, of the next season, um, we're just going to have Lasher, the adult in, in solid. I have to say it's super creepy though, that I was like, wait, he just had sex with her and then he just came out of her vagina. Oh my God. <laughs> like that was just a really, that's just wrong. Weird, I mean, that was wrong in so many levels and it really hurt my head. Um, I did like the storyline going on with Sip, Sip, whatever. Cyprian. Yep. Cyprian. Cyprian. I liked his story. I like that he he dodged getting erased. Like once he realized, oh, he's like, oh, that's your power. That's how come you're so high up. Oh, this all makes sense. Yeah, so this is why you can't erase my memory. Like, I, I liked him being smart in this episode. Like, I thought that was pretty cool. But Tom, go ahead, your thoughts. I don't think these are very good showrunners because the pacing for the whole season is wildly uneven. And then Cortland in the space of one episode turns out to be like the epitome of evil. It's like, dude, you should have spread that out all over the whole first season. Cort Cortland, who is he? Harry Hamlin, a.k.a. Dr. Oz. Oh, Harry, oh my God. He became a monster in like two episodes. But you should have, yeah. you should have, you know. Well, they, they kind of, they kind of had him like, is he awful? Is he not awful? Did he really do these terrible things or did he not? And it's, it's well, I mean, not until the very his, end that they go, yep, you sure did. Yeah. His sister has said he was evil from the beginning, but we didn't know why she was saying that. And she seemed crazy. So but they should have, they should have, I, I just think that they did not do a good job setting that up because again, like, like Allison said, ex, you know, just dump of all this information, all these events in this one episode when they could have spread some yeah, of that it was out. a lot. It was, it was just, uh, you know, no bueno. And man, I don't know if I'll be back from season. I kept trying to, you son, you've read the book. Is this like half of the first book? She hasn't watched it. Oh, she hasn't been watching. I kept wondering, no. is this the thing? Is this what made you son throw the book across the room when she finished it? <laughs> or is this, or is this, but yeah, it's just, and then 
for Rowan to go from, I mean, they, they're they asking us to believe that she goes from being, the, the character undulations in this episode alone were too unbelievable. It's like, come on. That is true. She I want them all dead. Yeah, her, she, her personality changed significantly from not wanting anything to do with Lasher to where she wanted to separate herself from him to where she wanted revenge because she got shot and her friend got killed. So she calls down Lasher. So she calls him down to help her kill somebody. And then she's like, okay, now we got to make lots of sex. And then she doesn't want the baby. I don't want this. And then she's like, give me my baby. I must protect it. Like, yeah, she was, it was whiplash. Absolute whiplash. Well, you know, I think what they were trying to go for is that she's under his influence, but it was just, you know, the fact is if you're going to do that, you have to establish baseline of what her personality is to begin with. <laughs> so you can see, you know, this this change. And they've never consistently done that. She's just been kind of vapid through this she's whole been, She's thing. been the writer's tool. Whatever you need to be, I'll be there. Exactly. Which exactly. is not, so this, which is this not is no good different. for audiences. Uh, so did she freeze... Did she freeze evil Dr. Oz or did she turn him to mud or I, I couldn't figure well, out. She that. turned him to stone. stone. Oh, is it stone? stone? Okay. So she did the Medusa yeah. on him. Yes. I mean, yes. the effects so weren't think... great and it just, I don't know. I'm just, yeah, this is like. I'm slightly, I'm slightly intrigued. I'll probably watch the premiere of season two. That's, that's about where this, I'm this at. This is like interview with the vampire's younger, slower cousin. <laughs> I'm not going to disagree with that. Interview is way better than this. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk about Poker Face, and we're talking about episode nine. You and... want to talk about episode eight with, uh, you know, pretty premium not, well, guest stars? Well, I honestly, I honestly didn't watch it. <laughs> I you skipped. Didn't watch it? To... No, I skipped to nine because I was like, oh, I got to be current. And so, oh. you know, I have a love-hate with Poker Face. If you guys yeah. want to talk about eight, go ahead. Like, was was it great? Was it a good episode? The setting was kind of cool. You paused because... too long. The answer to that is no, then. You paused too long. <laughs> so I'm glad because... I skipped it then. <laughs> what? <laughs> it was a I weird liked... episode. It was, it was a weird a... episode. Yeah, I think what they were trying to do with it was that they were trying to actually do the episode because it was like an homage to um, like 70s thrillers um, and, and 70s B-movie type things, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 70s like Roger Corman films. stuff. Yeah, like that kind of thing. And but but of specifically not of the 60s, but of the 70s era. And and so they were trying to shoot it almost like that's what they were doing and pace it the same way. And it, it has an ending that, you know, is very much a, a part of that kind of thing. And it's like, while at the same time I understood what they were going for, I don't think they quite got there. I, I don't think they quite managed to, to get that thing going. And is it you just know? me, well, but was was Cherry Jones acting in some scenes so over the top? It's like, what are you doing? You're a great actor, and you're not acting great. Well, again, I think that, that she was trying to capture that level of acting. Thing. Do the 70s thing. Yeah. That's what I think they were all trying to get at. But it, it was like, it's like, yeah, they're trying to do that, but it's not it's not over the top enough for me to really say, yes, that that's stylistically what's going on. 
as opposed to just, wow, this is really badly put together. <laughs> you know, just kind of kind of vacillated between the two, unfortunately. So well, I would well, give it yeah. points for, you know, like A effort. for effort. And but, Nick Nolte, yeah. I thought, boy, Nick Nolte is looking ratchet. And I looked him up. It's like, oh, he's 80. I guess he deserves to look ratchet. Yeah. And yeah. I, I worked on a show with him, uh, with him and cutting him was cool. He's actually still really good, though. I have to give him that. Well, he's, he's his anyway. performance was good. He, okay, he, but we need to he, let's move on to. Okay, go ahead. Th this was um, uh, episode nine was kind of an homage to instead of hateful eight, it was like fateful four or you know. Oh right. And I like nine a lot. I actually have well, to they say deviated I, from I, they deviated from formula for once. Yep, and it, so in a we, good way. In a good yeah, way. Yeah, and um, and we have Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and we have the uh. The, the Latin brother, the Latino brother from um, Umbrella, uh, Academy. Umbrella Academy, as as former besties, and you know, it, it, it was very predictable, but it was fun to watch. Oh, and also Stephanie yeah. Sue from Everything Everywhere All at Once. Mm -hmm. That's where she's from. I could yeah. not figure out why I knew her. I was like, I know her. Why do I know her? Yeah. Do, and I couldn't figure it out. Okay, thank you. Um and Oscar her being nominee, so by the way. Yeah, yes. her being so klepto was hilarious. <laughs> like, like really, my my wallet. Where's my wallet? Okay, wallet. And then she tried to steal her car, I think, three times. Well, she and... succeeded the last time. <laughs> I know. But I I also knew that her greed was gonna get her killed. I was like, we just figured out that these two, like they pretty much figured out hundred percent that these two guys not only kill the skier, but probably we're planning to kill them. And she's like, let's get out of here. Let's go. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. wait a minute. Let well, me it uh, get this $75,000. It was, it was all JGL. The other, J the other dude, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, the rich. Oh, dude. well, I know, but I know we yeah, his as friend the audience. Him, his friend helped yeah, him hide the body. Hide the body. Actually right. kill yeah. Him. I know we knew that, but they didn't know that they didn't know whether or not both of those guys were a danger. And my point is, instead of self-preservation, all she saw was dollar signs. And I was like, those dollar signs are going to get you killed. I give her credit for being smart enough to steal the gun, but still dumb enough to sit in this car, stolen car, just looking at the, like, come on. Like, her avarice 100% got her killed. Yeah. Um, and uh, that was sad because she wasn't a terrible, well, she was probably a terrible person. Yeah, but she was a great <laughs> character. I I have to say, yeah. I was I was hoping that somehow we'd see her crawl out from under the car because yeah, yeah, yeah. I was you know she's she was just such a fun character. She's, mm -hmm. You know, I mean, morally and ethically, she's abhorrent, but that's okay. She's fun to watch. So yeah. I was I was kind of hoping we'd see more of her later, and that's obviously not going to happen. But I right. I have to give credit. But to how this, did she survive? How did she survive getting stabbed in the chest? That I do not understand. Well, they but, they okay. don't they don't they don't explain that. I magic. Really have no idea. Yeah, but <laughs> um, yeah, the, I just have to give credit to this this episode for for you know going so far away from from their usual plot pattern. Seriously. Um, even, even though, yeah, I I figured like pretty early on that the person who was being buried in the woods was her. Um, I still thought it was it was 
a really nice novel take on on this to have her be the victim the victim yeah yeah it was um, good and it was and it was wonderfully done you know when she comes to uh, on the on the couch and she starts ranting about going to a beach club and when she was a kid <laughs> and and everything and all of the rest of the stuff it was it was just fantastically done i mean i i really enjoyed all of this and you know we've been talking too about how she she's brought in usually too late well in a way she's there from the very very beginning um but it, yeah i thought they they integrated her really well into the storyline so you didn't feel like you're just going when is she coming in when is she coming in um and it was it was just a, a really well-paced really clever really terrific episode and even though I wasn't surprised by that, there were other things that happened that that did surprise me that I really liked and appreciated. And Ryan right. Johnson directed this episode. So when, when I saw his name in, in the credits, I'm like, OK, this is something's going to happen in this episode. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's move on. Thumbs up. Uh, next up, we're going to talk Wolfpack episode four and five. We haven't talked about it since premiere since uh, Tom and Allison uh, spewed all of their dislike on the show, which I'm not going to disagree with. They were not wrong on any of their points. However, as the show went on, um, they expanded the role of Sarah Michelle Gellar and the the adults, and they actually have their own storyline. The teenagers did not necessarily get better, but I guess I kind of got used to them a little more. I don't know if that's good or bad, but I will say that actually having Sarah have a, a full story and a full arc made made the show much more interesting to watch. And you, since since you were late to the game on watching it, I'm curious to think what uh, curious to hear what you thought of episode four and five. Um, well, I think I think to be fair, I should I should be allowed to chime in a little bit uh, on the first few only because it's I'm going to repeat it uh, or expand on it in four and five. Um, I did not like the show. Uh, I think I probably was. I think that was pretty less... much everybody. Everybody. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. So that's yeah. what I mean. So, so for me to, for the show to win me over, which it kind of has, um, I feel like it's a little bit like vampire Academy in that um, it didn't start out strong. It was kind of confusing and, and not confusing, just sort of boring. Um, yeah. But I liked vampire Academy more, <laughs> you know, than, than uh, Wolfpack. So, Here's, I'm moving into episode four and five. The problem is, like we've all said, is it's a show based around teens. So if you don't like the teens, you got a problem. Um, but as the episodes went along, four and five, um, I did, unlike you, it sounds like, I did actually start to like uh, the characters a little bit more and even the acting. Um, there's the two girls, one stereotypically brunette, the other one stereotypically blonde, and this might... Uh, be a huge diss against blonde but usually the cw blonde characters are the most annoying not that the show is cw but we've all agreed it's a very cw-esque show um but i'm finding her to be one of my more favorite characters i think she's um oh that's luna by the way yeah luna she's not you know the ditzy sexy whatever whatever you know stereotypes you want to assign to to blonde characters uh especially younger women characters uh, which i find excessively sexualized um she's not she's very sweet she's she's thoughtful um you know so for me that just kind of going against that trope is is kind of nice i think the biggest thing i can say about four and five is this 
not only was I not interested in the show very much, I wasn't interested in the mystery they presented. So if you don't like the show leads, if you don't like the story they're presenting, if you don't, I mean, there are so many problems with this show. However, uh, the show gets much grittier uh, than I expected it to. So the weight and value of the show increases. Um, and then I actually care about the mystery. Um, I, I'm, I'm wondering like, who's who and who's the baddie and who's the goodie and you know, what's happening and what's their backstory. Um, so that means the show is doing its job. Um, it is still replete with uh, problems, lots of problems. Uh, one of the things I don't like, and I, I find it just ugh, very CW, um, is there was a high school party, pool party, uh, and right. it, I felt like, oh, they just want to be like Euphoria, or I think that show, right? What's it called? Yeah, everybody was pretty much mostly naked for the I party, mean, right? I mean, naked, doing drugs, you know, kissing on each other, and just, I mean, and I thought, and everybody, I used this line with you, Olivia, it was like a beer factory. There were six packs abound, like a, not a hot, not a single male character did not have a six pack except i think the one that had a t-shirt on so clearly he was like i'm not working out for this show so everybody else um so everybody else was i have never seen more six packs in my life i've like, never it seen was more crazy. six packs in my life never ever it was is- it was legit insane i was like what is happening it was like, a little why- I, I i actually got confused i confused the characters some of the characters because of the the amount of I was like they're wait, all himbos they're all himbos yeah. I was you, like wait which one is which you yeah I was so crazy and ask somebody to be like can you identify them by six pack and you'd be <laughs> like nope I and their faces are all similar their haircuts so again that's another problem with the show it's not a hundred percent realistic I mean but who you know that's asking a lot of a show from about werewolves I get it you know but that's the genre so here's my one takeaway from I think it was episode four or five that you know the monster we'll just call it that I mean it's a werewolf show so it's a werewolf, werewolf yeah yeah the werewolf site although I don't know if we know exactly what it is right who it is so is it a full we werewolf? do know we we do at the oh wait I'm an episode ahead of you never six. mind never I mind the last one. I was gonna say we totally know who it is oh wait uh, no, no you don't know no, you don't know who it is Bear the mystery for me save the mystery for me so okay. we're talking about four and five the 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 creature werewolf comes out of the pool right and they all run back into the house and instead of running <laughs> through the house to the front door to their cars they literally close glass Just doors sta- I know and, and stand there and stare and at it watch. <laughs> and I was like and then, no what my favorite thing is is the, this other character was like, so was it like a gopher or a squirrel or something? And I was like, it was seven feet tall. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And yeah. and then finally somebody was like, it was a bear. So at least if you say it's a bear, it's at least the right size. Right. But the right. woman that was talking about, was it a squirrel or a goat? I was like, what? Yeah. What? yeah. I mean, uh, listen. And then yeah. they had this the silliness of the macho guys going like, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to go out there. And then they all chicken out and don't go out there. But I mean, my thing is what, what the stuff that I enjoyed though yeah. is Sarah's story, which uh, they're doing their own investigation about the fire, comparing it to the fire that happened. What was it? 17 years ago, right, 20, years ago and, about 20 years ago. And so they're they're That's the mystery that starts to get interesting. Correct. Because you're just like, okay, what happened 17 years ago? And you find out all these people died in this fire. And one of the, one of the teenagers father was in that fire and he died. And 
Sarah's talking about her son died. And I think she said her son died in that fire. And you're like, what the heck is going on with this fire? And and she's like, this fire is just like that fire. And what does this mean? Like, what is, what is happening? Yeah. Yeah. That was really interesting because there were so many coincidences now that it, you know, and the stakes are really high because or much higher because i really did think it was a kitty show and then there was an i mean these ki- these people adults and children are getting mauled to death that's not kitty uh but in i think five it got gruesome which isn't a terrible thing um it didn't seem gratuitous in the sense that like it did it made the show you know kind of prove to me oh no we're in it this is you know and they also put a clock on it because they said that the werewolf has to kill one person every night yes exactly so there it, it just feels like there's more weight to it and there's more and then that scene where the werewolf kills people drags it across the you know uh, you know the bloody corpse and then throws it in this uh, uh empty elevator shaft elevator and there's shaft, a pile yeah. of dead but it's a bodies. big pile that pile yeah. is really high and and then i was like <laughs> oh i was like okay they mean business with the show so i'm gonna give it a chance we know that uh, well we I also have to talk about the very end of five which was remind me uh, Sarah and the flash meets flashlight meets dude's head. Oh, right. Yes. So I, I called it and I could be wrong. Cause you've seen a whole nother episode and, and neither of us, you know, we, the end isn't, you know, is, is not finished. Um, yes. I had always suspected that Sarah Michelle Geller was going to play a heavy or a baddie. And even if she's not the main central, she killed someone with a flashlight and then it was awesome (laughs) i was i was like what and then i go oh she's definitely not a good person and then she drags that body and adds it to the pile of dead bodies and so i'm confused and i'm thinking okay here's my theory that has nothing to do with the next episode this has to do with the conversation in this episode and what i came to conclusion she says that her son died in the fire 17 years ago right they make it a point to show the werewolf is at the pool party killing people and she's there. So she's obviously not the werewolf, Uh, but she's killing people to cover for the werewolf. And I was like, it's his son. It's her son. Her son. I was like, it's obviously her son. So that's my job because I was, because I was like, she wasn't doing it like evil, like, it was, it was more resigned. The, yes. the way she killed him, it was more resigned. Yeah, to keep a secret. Yeah. So I don't feel like she's a hundred percent heavy villain. Yeah, but as when you kill as... someone with a flashlight, you are not a good person. <laughs> I don't care. If you're protecting the president of the United States or your child. No, it's the or... choice of weapon is your issue. Yes, all of it. It's so if she had shot, so if she had shot him, it would have been okay. No. Still I'm dead. Just dead is dead. I'm just dead. Dead pile of dead bodies. Dead is dead. No, but um, here's what I will say. Um, there was a scene, and they're leaving breadcrumbs, and that is why we're guessing, and I think we're guessing correctly. So props right. to the show because they are leaving breadcrumbs. Um, if it turns out that we are correct, it will not be like a what the show is terrible. Like it will make sense, and I'm okay with that. We guessed it. Uh, because you know sometimes we're good guessers, um, but the the credit is to the show because they're leaving enough breadcrumbs that we may guess right. correctly, and it won't be, a, you know, it won't be ridiculous. So the show is good enough, uh, and if it gets better, 
then it would be a good I, I liked episode I liked episode six. I thought it was solid. Okay. So well, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. That'll be it. next week. All right. Uh, let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk The Consultant with Christoph Waltz. I remembered his name. Uh, and it's on Amazon. And I think I'm the only one who watched the pilot. And that's okay. I'm just going to tell you guys that the pilot is insane. And it feels like it's a workplace drama that feels like what if Severance was on crack? Um, it, the premise is uh, uh, Christoph Waltz is a consultant that comes to this company that makes uh, mobile video games. And he said their CEO contacted him and told him to come in and consult on their company. And then he starts just doing really, really bizarre things to the point where the two main characters who we are coming in as their point of view, one's a, one's a programmer and one's the CEO's assistant. And they're just watching this guy and they're like, what is going on? Who is this dude? Does he have the, he just starts firing people and doing, and they're like, can he fire people? And so they start to try to investigate him to figure out who the heck this guy is and also to find out if he's lying about the authority he says he has. And uh, I have to say, I apparently have a major Wiggins that I didn't know about until I saw this episode, which is total strangers walking up to you and sniffing your neck. I do not like that, apparently. So he, he was like introducing himself to everybody at the company, he was shaking their hand, saying, hi, my name is whatever. And then he would move in, lean in and sniff the person. Ew. And it didn't matter if it was male or female. He was just doing that. And I was like, that is giving me the creeps. It's absolutely giving me the creeps. And um, I was like, I do not like this. <laughs> and I don't want to, there's a, I, I have to say there are three or four points in the story that absolutely surprised me that I did not see coming. And by the time I got to the end of the episode, I was like, I don't, I, I don't think I know what's going on. And, but not in a bad way, like you're frustrated, but in a way like, God, I guess I'm going to have to watch the next episode. So um, it has a really good production value. And obviously Christoph Waltz is an amazing actor, though I feel like he's playing to type where he's, he's a hundred percent a sociopath. Like I don't have a doubt whatsoever that this guy's a sociopath. Um, but I have no idea what the show's about. Like, honestly, I don't. I don't know where this is going. And all I know is my friend who watched it ahead of time just kept texting me like, what the heck? And so I finally was like, all right, I'm going to watch it. So I hope you guys check it out so we can talk about it and discuss. Because I don't want to give a lot of spoilers. All right, let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk Star Trek Picard. And this was episode four? Three? Episode three. Or three. Um, and it's the, it's the fallout of the big, oh my God, Picard is this kid's father. And I have to say one of the best scenes I've seen in probably next gen, almost period. Well, maybe not total, but it was a really good conversation between Picard and Crusher. <laughs> it was heartbreaking and it was amazing. And they really showed their acting chops in that scene. Like I was... I'm kind of on Picard's side, but I understood Crusher's side, which is perfect. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's a perfect, that means you've written that scene well. And, and that, for a longtime fan, one, one of the things about TNG 
is they played for six years the whole Jean-Luc, there's something I've been meaning to tell you. And it wasn't until season seven that they finally had a heart to heart about, you know, the, the episode attached they're where, they, where they're telepathically yeah. linked. But in this one, it's like, whoa. <laughs> I mean, they yeah. went for it. And both yeah. of them had so much. There, there was so much that had been left unsaid for so long that it all came out, you know, blame and recrimination and, and, and no resolution except for, you know, we've got to protect the kid. <laughs> Well, and then the thing that was also heartbreaking was she was like, look, at a certain point, I wasn't trying to keep him from you. I told him who you were. I told him where you were. I told him to go see you. And he didn't want to. And I was like, dude, that was so crushing. That was so crushing. But I feel like from the kid's point of view, I feel like he's also afraid of rejection himself which would be like, I felt like he was protecting himself, which was why he didn't go see Jean-Luc. So that's another conversation I am absolutely looking forward to seeing, but the acting was just so top notch. And what's hilarious, if you guys remember last week, I said that that captain, they were just going to knock him upside the head and put him in a closet. And then when he got injured <laughs> in battle, I was like, I was like, yeah, that's what I said. I was like, Oh, that's close enough. <laughs> knock him upside the head and put him in a medically induced coma you know right one of, the, exactly. one of the pleasant surprises for me in this episode was how much fun rafi and Worf were together oh because so Mich michelle heard and michael doran just played off each other so well and it's it was just it was just a lot of fun to watch I like them together when it was just the two of them. I, I agree with you. But then once they had the drugged out guy they were trying to interrogate, I think that scene went on one too many. Like they yeah. tried to intercut it and it went on too long. Well, the guy who turns out to be a changeling. So they're like, I right. mean, they're really just going for it in terms of we're going to put a button on the whole TNG era of shows with this. Yeah. That was yeah cool. I did like, I have to say, I did like that reveal and I liked the, the kind of side reference to Odo, uh, Rene Aubergenois' uh -huh. character. It's kind of sad that, you know, he's he's not around for them to have him reprise the role. But, um, I you know, the, the changelings really were great adversaries on DS9. And I, I'm kind of excited about seeing them revived for this. Because they're, they can be potentially terrifying characters, as they can be anybody. So exactly. you know, it's, 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 it's really kind of interesting. I'd like to see how and why uh, Amanda Plummer's character plays into, I mean, is she a, Do you think she she a, changeling? To be a changeling? She doesn't oh, seem no, no, to no, no, be, no, no, no. but you know, I, if, if she's not, then I want to know why she has an association. Why her? Um, and, and again, her performance was so great in this. I loved how calm she was when she was giving the the orders to to attack the ship because it's like it, it's she's just so perfectly in control of the situation she doesn't have to raise her voice she doesn't have to get angry she doesn't she just just gives the orders and it was it was just a wonderfully modulated performance i love watching her in the show thanks um i, I watched i watched the after show and that was a question that um I want to say Wesley. That was a question Will Wheaton asked uh, Jonathan Frakes, and Jonathan said, "No, sometimes I was doing the same thing, just watching her go." Because when you have an actor of her her level and stature, 
And plus, boy, her her dad would be so pleased with how she's carrying the family legacy of chewing scenery on a Star Trek show. <laughs> I, I will say the only negative I have is I well, I love the banter and the kind of the conflict between Picard and Riker. I thought that was cool that they actually disagreed on something. I thought that was fine. What I didn't like was at the very end when uh, they fire, they finally turn to fire and they open up that portal and they end up basically blowing themselves up. How could they not figure out that that was going to yeah. happen though? I, I, that's fine. But my issue is that's not Picard's fault because Riker decided to do it. Cause Riker was like, Thank Nope, you. we're not going to do it. Nope. We're not going to do it. Nope. We're not going to do it. And then finally he's like, okay, we're going to do it. That's his decision. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but... him he's having, the captain him having, of the ship. Exactly. He, yeah, ultimately but... his decision. And my issue is him having a hissy fit and kicking Picard off the bridge and then announcing to the crew that everyone is now all dead. You, he's like, you killed us but all. That That's queenie. insane. That was a little drama queenie. That I, was I like, hate it. It was, you know, I, that, I like that. they'd been doing so well through most of this episode, but there were a yeah. couple of moments and this was like the, the yeah. prize one where, like, where on, we were Riker. just back to like really bad Star Trek writing where everything yeah. has to be a melodrama and we forget that these are supposed to be professional soldiers you know, Thank professional you. people who and Riker who, would who never working say with that. each other. Riker would never. never I mean, I'm, I'm not a big Riker well, fan, but this was just so unprofessional and crazy. it was very out of character. It was yeah. it was insane. It was. I mean, he's he's he is the captain of the ship, even if temporary, and he's the one who gave the order um, to to do that. So he he needs to own that to get pissy at at Picard for having come up with the idea and order him off the bridge and, and tell the crew we're and dead. We're all and he gave up. Yeah. And he, yeah. He it, gives it was, up. And my whole thing, that's like, you've just killed morale of your crew. What are you yeah. doing? Well, but it's also, uh, again, it's very anti Star Trek because they never give yeah. up. They always try to figure out a way and they always do something in the last two or three seconds. Of course, and I'm sure that's what's going to happen yes, later. But it just, I was like, who are you? Like, what is going, yeah. like, and I also made Riker look really juvenile and bad. Yeah. yeah. I can see. Pretending to be Riker. No, that's not it. But what I will say is I can see him having, making Picard leave because Picard kept harping on the same one idea. Right. And, and Riker was like, no, I'm not doing that idea. So I can see him being like, if he had ordered Picard off the bridge before, because before. he's like, look, dude. Yeah, yeah. He's like, look, dude, I'm not doing this. Get off the bridge. Yeah. Cause I'm tired of arguing with you about it. Yeah. That would have made way more sense oh, than sure. him having a hissy fit. So well, yeah. I didn't get to say anything about uh, Picard and it was one of the only shows I got to see. <laughs> so, or I tried to see, um, I just want to say overall, cause you guys talked about the episode. Um, I, and I said this last week, I did that. This is the season, the type of show that I had wanted and expected from Picard, except first season wasn't terrible until the end. Um, but, uh, for me, I think that this is a great sort of swan song send off kind of a thing. Clearly it's just going to be action, you know, and, and then resolution and redemption and, you know, all of those things. So it's sort of like, it's almost not, it's, I mean, yes, it's a season, it's a series finale for Picard, but it also seems like 
And maybe they'll do another spinoff, although I, honestly, I don't think I want another one. You know what I mean? I feel like we've tread all the water there is to be tread. Um, I feel like uh, this show is wrapping up a lot of things for me, you know, uh, and uh, and I like that about the show. So at the same time, it's very much action oriented. There's still a lot of personal stuff that's happening. Um, I think all of the coming back. I mean, I don't love that Deanna was like a harpy wife, you know, who like, you know, had the crying baby in her hands. Like I was like, seriously, is that all we're yeah. going to get her to do? No, no, no. Deanna's coming. She's, she's That was just up. a flashback. Yeah, but, well, yeah, but it know, was, it was not a good flashback. It, it just it it brought her in to be a heroine for like, say. you know, I don't care that she is or isn't coming back. I'm talking about her first introduction back into the right. series. For yeah, she's, she, they brought her in to be, to be, you know, a heroine housewife. Yeah, and so, you know, while interrupting the boys' fun, and yes. I really hated that. It was like yes. it was like old Star Trek and yes. the, the misogyny that we used to be yes. subject to coming back again. And yes. I was like, when it literally when the scene ended, I said, um, "We cannot do that again." <laughs> yeah, it was. You know, my misogyny meter went off the charts, and I Thank was you. like, Ugh. you know. So whatever. Like, I'm, I'm not here for that. I'm not here for Deanna. I'm not here for that. Uh, you know. But but to me, I thought the episode was with some ridiculousness in there we've already covered that um still a very strong episode and yeah. um i i i thought and this is you know when he when the son i forgot his name you know genetically jack British, um jack, jack oh jack right so um I, oh my god wait I loved it because they totally gave lip service to the fact that he had a British accent and she was like, maybe it's genetic, you know? And yeah, I they made the same joke that I did last week. I, yes, yeah. exactly. That's what I mean. So like, that's why I laughed. But anyway, the scene where Jack uh, was or wasn't going to die, they like stretched that out. And I kept going, oh, he's not going to die. Wait, is he dying? No, he's not going to die. Wait, he's not dying. No, he can't die. This would make no sense in the plot. So I don't know. I I thought to myself that was one of the better ones because I really legitimately questioned myself until I had a little bit of a headache. So I think they're doing a lot right. Some of the things they're doing wrong, I'm just gonna forgive them. I'm you know we're all in it for the ride, and if it stays this good, then I think we'll be happy. Yeah, let's yeah, move on. But thumbs up. I think we're all saying thumbs up. Sure. Yeah. Uh, next up, we're gonna talk shrinking. And this is episode seven, and this is the aftermath of the party <laughs> that had the vomit bomb that was hilarious. Uh, so now you got to pick up the pieces. Everybody's hung over the next morning. People are in the wrong beds. Uh, people uh -huh. have been humiliated. Uh, and now you have to figure out how you get back to normal. And, and how do you apologize to everybody that you wronged while you were super drunk? Um, and they did a good job. They did so a good, good job, uh, though the teenage girl, I can't remember the daughter's name, when she goes up to the guy and she's like, you know, Alice. I totally forgive you for, yeah, thank you. She's like, I totally forgive you for jumping in and kissing me last night. And he was like, what? Like, he looked like he had this confusion on his face. Like, did that, wait, what? So she like rewrote history and, and changed it around so she wasn't the one in the wrong. And he was just like, yeah, all right, I'm just going to go now. Oh, like, yeah, that was what? funny. I didn't understand what was happening. She I was thought... changing the story. She just no, no. basically said, you know. I meant while I was watching it, I clearly got it. But in the first, like, two and a half seconds, I was like, wait, wait, what? Did it, what? what? And then I laughed. I know, and that was it. his reaction, too, yeah. which is what yeah. I liked. Yeah, no. I... Uh, and so I, I liked how, and I also really liked how they did the Jason Siegel and, oh, my God, what Harrison is his Ford. partner? 
No, 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 not Harrison Ford. When he oh, when woke up in bed the morning, Gabby. Jessica Williams, Gabby. I, I like how they resolve their <laughs> awkwardness. You're well. you're yeah. safe. Was, <laughs> I know. <laughs> you're safe. Expletive deleted. She's like safety. Yes. Safe, the letter D. <laughs> I, I liked how the reason why I never saw them as a shippable couple because they really aren't. And, and I like that. Yeah, they've totally played into it. And I thought that worked really well. Yeah. So I was pretty I really, happy with all of that. I, I thought of you, son, when Derek informs Liz that she needs to get out of the house because he's been. Oh, the- right. That was good. Wait, why me? Like, Why'd you think of me? Because we were talking about I wanted Ted McGinley to have a little bit more to do, and he got. Oh it. yes, yes, oh, yes, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he's I, I like his the comic relief, but they are using him really well. And, yeah. and that was a like good some... comment. Too. Go I was gonna say that was a good comment on his part where he's like, "Look, I've been going to the office yep. all these years. Yep. It's my turn to be in yep. the house. If you want your alone time, you figure it out." Like yes, I was like, yes. "Okay." <laughs> They gave him some, you know, some weight. They gave him some. Here's the thing that I love about this show. I really like this show. And for me, it is it is based in some real feelings and emotions and yet just made to be hilarious. You know, it's very um, it's still sitcom is the wrong word, but the beats are absolutely it's a comedy. You know what I mean? It's you know, it's not a dramedy, but it is. But really, here's how I feel, because it's the same. I had this thought the other day about how, you know, how much we all loved Ted uh, and uh, and um, and uh, Ted Lasso and and why we liked it. And and then I was thinking, well, these are the same showrunners. Why do I like this show much, this show so much? And for me, Ted is Ted is a sweetness right and it's a comedy but then it's very poignant you know and has so you know and then this show is is actually sort of the opposite it's like more poignant and more human and then it's filled with sweetness so it's sort of like uh you know both have both but one is based more in comedy ted lasso very much comes on as a comedy and then you're surprised by the depth of the emotion and the nuance and then this show definitely starts with you know grief and loss and you know human connections and and complicated relationships but then it's hilarious so for me the shows sort of work on the same level of giving me both but one it one skews a little bit more to the other and for me um, all of the little one-liners, uh, because I loved all the one-liners in Ted Lasso, but in this one, um, just the relationship, like the, I want to go, I want to call back to the, uh, the, uh, the relationship between, um, um, this, the, the husband, the, you know, the, yes, thank you, um, is done so well. I don't know how realistic it is, but it's done so well because she is the normal one in the in the relationship. She's the one that kind of settles and calms everything down and she's hilarious while doing it. So they take a situ- they take every awkward situation and they find a way to make it awkwardly funny and they resolve it. So that to me is brilliant because it doesn't become treacly ever. It doesn't ever become, you know, saccharine and too sweet. Uh, the jokes land in a way that still make you feel like, oh, this is these are humans, you know, kind of whatever. Anyway, somebody else talk about the episode. I thought it was brilliant. No, no, you know, we're we're done talking about the episode. I think we're all thumbs up. It's Brett it's Goldstein really good. wrote it, by the way. Roy Did Kent. he? Oh, that's he is such a good writer. He is such a good writer. Yeah, this episode was great. All right, let's move on. Um, 
next up, we're going to talk about the season three premiere of The Mandalorian. And uh, it, it was just a series of recaps. It's like, hey, all the people who didn't watch Bubba Fett, these are all the things that you missed. And here are all the characters all over again. And Mando will explain his mission for the season to everyone. <laughs> so he goes up to the armor. He's like, I'm going to bathe in the waters of Mandalore. Okay, later. And then he goes up to his friend on the other planet. He goes, I'm going to bathe in the waters of Mandalore. <laughs> and he's like, okay. And then he goes to Kara, to Kara, oh, so I'll say Kara Therese. Uh, <laughs> what is her name? What is her name on here? Uh, Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan. Grace. He goes up to her and goes, hey, I'm going to bathe in the waters of Mandalore. And she's like, yeah, okay, do that. So literally all the people just basically all tell him the same thing. Like, yeah, all right, go ahead, do that. And I was like, why is he telling everybody his mission? Like, it was so strange that he was just going from place to place to place and saying, this is my mission. But I have to say, I liked the open a lot. I like seeing all, and they tricked me into thinking it was a flashback because the little boy, I thought that was supposed to be Mando as a little boy. And then I went, oh, wait, no, this is current day. Like, I was actually legit confused until Mando showed up in his ship. And then I went, oh. This is current day. Okay. Um, and I think they did that on purpose, but the fighting the giant crocodile was fun. Like, I thought that was a fun way to open the episode. Yeah. Uh, and then okay. after that, it got a little repetitive. But uh, what do you guys think? Um, I, I, you know, I wanted to like this episode so much. I, I've really been into the show. And, and it just felt like just a string of action set pieces in search of a story. There was, there was, it was just like, and this happens and then this happens and here's more action here and here we're fighting a crocodile and here we're, you know, facing off uh, space pirates and here we've got a dogfight with space pirates. And it was more like a video game than, than uh, an episode of TV. Exactly. Just, let's, let's just move along from one thing and we keep accumulating points until at the end we level up. And it was just, it, it was, it was boring. And I, you know, that whole fight at the beginning might've been interesting if it had been filled with characters whose fates I actually cared about, but we've got literally faceless characters. Well, um, I like who, the armorer a lot. So well, the, except for the armorer, but you know, I mean, other than that, there's all these characters who are, you know, being bashed around and some of them are being eaten. And it's like, I don't care. I've never seen it. And they, they are literally faceless and I don't well, care to about be fair. Them. Like I said, it, I thought it was a flashback. So I thought the little kid was Mando. Yeah, yeah well, so. at, at first, but then, you know, if, if you figure that the kid is Mando, we know he doesn't get eaten. So, you know, there's no real tension there. And the same thing with the armorer. We know that they have to, if we think that's a flashback, we, we figure, true. okay, well, they have to survive. So, you know, the only people I care about are, are not going to be hurt here. And, you know, and it just went on and on and on and on. It and then finally at the fight. end, Mando shows up and it's like, oh, it's not even a flashback. It's just a, an action set piece. And he comes in and saves the day. And, and so it just felt pointless. And also it all well, made while me, I was, made me while ask, I was watching it, I didn't think it was. I, well, I mean, it also made me ask the question when I realized that it was not a flashback, where did all these Mandalorians come from? Well, all these children yeah, the of the watch. We saw Right, last time there we were saw two there were two, two left. <laughs> and They've been recruiting. They've been having picnics and recruiting. 
and saying, They've hey, do you want to never flyers show your face? Yeah, they're like, do you want to never show your face? Are you kind of ugly and you don't want to show your face anymore? We have a religion where you get to wear a mask all the time. A helmet. I mean, I just have this this image of them knocking on, you know, going door to door and then <laughs> going away on little bicycles. You know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's like, you know, I don't know. It, it, I, I could not get involved in this. And then we have the whole nonsense with trying to turn the, the little bits and pieces that have been turned into a statue of this one robot. That would, see, now that I think I have a problem with because I get that Mando doesn't trust androids. Droid. We established that. Yeah. Droids. We established that in the first season. He does not like droids. He doesn't trust them. Great. So his big solution, instead of getting a fresh droid that he programs directly, which makes way more sense, mm -hmm. is to get the android who blew himself up for them and then they reset the program, and then he's a freaking Terminator. But then he's like, you know what? I'm still going to fix him. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's like you're, you're, that you're does not make back any the sense. one you can't, the version you can't trust. You know, what? how how does this make it better? It, it was just done solely that so was we could so do weird. Like a funny scene with little Muppets. And I, I was just... I, I thought the Muppets so were not. cute. I will yeah. just... I, 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 did, I did like the cuteness. Well, they were only cute when... Um, Grogu picked one up and wanted to wanted a hug. I thought that was adorable. Here, here, here's but the, I do think that the logic of all of that didn't make any sense. No, none. Here, here's the go here's ahead, the larger problem. Now that we've seen how good a Star Wars show can be, i.e., Andor, Mandalorian looks more clearly like it's a kids show. Period. I disagree with that I, because well, the episode, not, not, the episode of last in, season. The the episode, episode last season of Mando of book in Book of Bubba Fett that episode was amazing, that was an amazing episode of television. Yeah, this was this, not this, that. This was not a good season premiere, and it felt like it a was Saturday not a good season. It, it was it not was a good season premiere. I'm not disagreeing you. Okay. I'm not disagreeing with you on that. I'm just saying I'm not blowing off all of Mando because of Andor. No, I'm, I'm saying I'm that I'm saying that Mando can have really good episodes. This just finish, wasn't one. Please? If this is the tone they're setting, especially after such a long hiatus, I'm concerned because it feels like they're giving into it's the Baby Yoda show with the Mandalorian. And no, yeah, I don't think that's true. The, the, the bar I hope was it's raised, not true. The bar was raised high, and this was not a good premiere. I'm yeah. not disagreeing with that comment I mean, at all. I, I but hope, I hope the thing about Mando, the, the thing about Mando is it goes up and down. Like this show yeah, has had never been, that is true. Down. It has never that been is a consistent. Big problem. It has never been consistent. And going back to Allison's comment, there were parts of seasons one and two, especially season one, where it really felt like a video game with side quests. Oh, I totally agree. I totally they, agree with they you. They need to really kick it up a notch because, you know, the bar, the bar has been raised and what, you know, we, we can't just settle now that we've seen how good a Star Wars show can be, they need to kick it up a notch. I'm I'm okay with uh, the. I don't like the standalone episodes, but I don't think they're going to change their format overly. I think we're still going to get those standalone feel like a video game episodes because that's just how the show is. I think it, the show is better when they don't do that, but I don't anticipate that they're going to change it anytime soon. But uh, let's move on. Wait, um, I didn't get to say a single word. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you were so Go quiet. Ahead. Uh, I um, 
I'm like the caboose in every one of these. I don't mind at all. I was just laughing. Um, I think I liked it more than all of y'all. Um, it was total setup. I laughed because the whole like wandering around and being like, I must bathe in the waters of, and I was like, seriously, you're going to say that one more time. So I, I agree with, I agree with all of that for sure. Um, but I didn't mind setup. It's been so long since I've seen the show and like, it took me a minute to kind of remember things and it wasn't a good episode. I'm not saying it was, but I didn't hate it as much as you guys. I forgot. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it at all. Okay. Sorry. But, but Tom and Allison seem to dislike it pretty strongly. Um, so, uh, I, I, I'm a, I agree with you then, uh, Libya, which is that um, it didn't, all the things that Tom and Allison said, I, I don't know that I can disagree with, but I didn't care as much because uh, it took me a minute to kind of get back into the rhythm of the show, um, remember all the characters. I mean, I didn't even remember the statue of the android. I mean, I, re I really was like, the, wait, which droid is that? Oh, right, of course, of course. And then when he was rewired and went nuts with the red eyes, I had to be like, oh, right, 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 right. So for me, uh, I I don't know, it was just fine, reminding me of everything. And, and you know, even, even the, <clears throat> excuse me, the mayor, the new mayor, and he's very distinct, but I was like, wait, who's that? Oh, right, 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 right. So I think for that reason, I don't care. I'm forgiving it of whatever faults it has because it did its job for me to remind me of the characters, remind me where we're at, remind me kind of the beats and the sort of energy of the show. So I'm fine with it. All right, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk The Nevers, episodes 9 and 10. So episode 9 is the episode where uh, true Amalia and her sidekick chick are going through the tunnels because the alien... Blanchery is calling her and saying it needs help. And it's like running around as a little baby one. Um, and is running oh, right. through the They're halls. They're chasing it, right. They're chasing it. And then the crazy lady comes through the Malady. she's been digging and she and she comes through the ceiling. And then they have a big fight. And then they end up in the ocean with the baby Galantry, and it connects with both of them. And that's the end of episode nine. And uh also in that episode, the um the brother has taken over, you know, his house and is like, he was like, oh my God, what have I done? What if I killed her? He goes, what if I haven't killed her? And that was a very good question. Cause I was like, you kill someone or you don't, you don't just leave that up to like chance because in episode 10, that came back to bite him hard. He, yeah. I was like, dude, you, your sister is not one that, I mean, considering the kind of person she is, you kill her or you don't try. You don't just like go, okay, let's see what happens. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. Cause that was actually, and then he had the nerve to be like, make an announcement. Like I'm going to be the man of the house now and such and such. And I was like, oh my God, why would you tell her that's what you're going to do? It, it ended up not mattering because she'd already, she pulled herself out of the sewers, got herself cleaned up and put in motion all this stuff to destroy him before he even came home from like lunch. And so then him announcing she at dinner- She is ambitious, he, I gotta give it to her. Yeah, she, and then he came back talking about, well, I'm the man of the house now. And I was like, dude, what? why would you announce it? Why would you tell her ahead of time? Like he hadn't gotten any paperwork done. He had, he should have gone to a lawyer and got that done before he announced it to her. It was terrible. Like, 
every mistake that you make against a supervillain, he made all of them. And the result is he gets carried away in a straitjacket because he's an idiot. He is not smart. His sister is way smarter than him. And now because of what he did, she's saying that basically all the, the touched are evil because her brother left her. She's like, I want them all dead now. I was like, oh my goodness. So what do you think, Allison? Um, Although I didn't like in 10, there was no truth. Am- Amalia wasn't in the episode. Really. Well, they, they, she, she, is it in, I thought it was at the end of 10 that she finally gets out of the, uh, the, the, the last water. five seconds. Yeah. So like yeah, the she last finally pulls herself out, pulls herself out of the water. Right. Right. Um, what I, what I really liked, you know, when they, we finally get a good look at the Galante as in the, in the water and it connects with both of them. And when we finally see Malady again, she's changed by the experience she's she's like right. gone back to who she was before all of this happened and and she's you know sane and she doesn't remember a lot of what went on and all of that um and we learned that she was she was actually married to an a really abusive horror show yeah that dude was such a jerk oh my god yeah, um, he was yeah. he was horrible. He was he was a nightmare. The, the and then scene... you find out he's the one that committed her and let her, them do all those experiments on her too. Yes, he actually he sold her off for for that yeah. reason. So when she she finally, you know, breaks and 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 dispatches him, uh, I really figured for 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 the first time I thought, okay, she she owes she's owed that killing. That's fine. Yeah. I have no problem with that particular one. Uh, you know, the, it was probably the only time her character has not irritated the hell out of me was, was in this little, little bit where she finally, you know, we finally learn about who she was and, and that, you know, and she finally acts in a way that is not just completely unhinged. Um, it's, right. there's, there's some rationale to her behavior. And going back to uh, the, the dinner party from hell, um, oh my god it seemed to last forever i was like how long is this dinner party but yeah go ahead <laughs> an eternity especially for the people who are who are experiencing it um the, what what i did find a little odd though was that you know when the mad doctor who is clearly insane even from the and he the, looked like a bum yeah he, yeah, yeah. He looks he looks like he just pulled himself off from the street and he's acting like a complete crazy person and somehow penance thinks it's perfectly okay to oh go my off with god him. but she knows who he is and she knows he did experiments on other touched and he's like here, little lady, here's some candy. Come and meet me in my cat. Like, what? And she just and goes she wandering tell off. Any- yeah, and she doesn't tell anybody where she's going. Nobody knows she's gone off with this insane dude who experiments on touched. She- yeah. And her powers are not offensive at all. No. And I was like, what are you, what are you doing? Are you serious? What- what's happened? Like, oh, my God. It was crazy. Yeah. It was like her brain just fell out of her head. It was, <laughs> I couldn't believe this. Yeah, scene. she's supposed to be the smartest character on the show. And no, she mm-hmm. that was the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Uh, and it reminds me of the poker face girl. She was like, never to go to a secondary location. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, I was like, this is a secondary location. He's taking you to a secondary location. Don't do it. Oh my God. That was so crazy. All right. That's. That's where we are in the Nevers. Uh, everyone's in peril. Um, but 
I really did miss True in this episode in number 10. I was like, wow, this episode feels slow. And it's because there was no Amalia. So I'm excited yeah. that it looks like the next one will have a lot of her. So fingers crossed. Oh, and the doctor figured out how to use his powers for offense, which I suspected because I was like, if you can use your powers to heal, why can't you use them to blow someone's face off? Which is what he did. Uh, so Just that took was getting angry cool. enough. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, that works. All right, so let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about The Last of Us. And this was episode seven. And this was basically the DLC of the game, for those who are wondering. So it's a big... So it starts with, we know that Joel is hurt. And he tells her to leave him, and she doesn't want to. But it all leads to her having... We switch point of view. So we're, we're with Ellie. And she has this flashback to before the show even started when she's in the uh, orphanage and you're seeing what her life is like at the orphanage and that she misses her friend who we don't know who this friend is. And then it's her and her adventures with her friends in this mall. And it's basically like a coming of age story in the middle of our apocalyptic story. Um, so what'd you guys think of it? Um, I... This, for me, I thought this was the first time the show faltered for me, only because it was too long. I mean, I don't know how to explain it. I I, I knew that this was going to be the episode where we see how she's first infected. Um, and then pretty soon uh, into the episode, I realized this was going to be like a first crush episode. Um so for I, me, it took me till about halfway through to figure that out. Oh, but I didn't. Ahead. As soon as she said, as soon as there was that scene where she was like, turn around, you know, and then she was like, oh, you're so weird about, you know, me, you, you know, me seeing you undress, which essentially the unspoken uh, part of the scene. I thought, oh, I was like, she's embarrassed because she feels a certain way towards her. You know what I mean? So, so then I was, and then when it sort of became like a date, you know, um, and then we find out it isn't quite a date because she's assigned to the mall, but still kind of a date. Um, then it just was sort of like rolling the train, rolling so slowly to the inevitable. Like there was going to be a kiss. Right. There was going to be, you know, the attack. And one of them is dying because we know the other one is immune. So for me, um, even though it was done relatively well and you know there were sweet funny moments it was a little bit of a drag for me uh because i so much knew all of the points story points and i knew how it was going to end um i did think it was um very kind of i thought the end was really well done in the sense excuse me where they both were kind of crying and super upset that they were going to die um and that's a hard scene to pull off especially because we all knew at least i did um that that scene was coming and i thought ugh, if they do that scene where they like shoot me and then i can't shoot myself or i can't shoot you and you know let's kill each other and i thought but it was done well right you know what i'm saying is it was done really beautifully and the fact that she basically was like nope that's too easy that's option one is not an option you know and you know how she basically was like let's just fight to the last minute to enjoy ourselves and to share 
each other's time and company. And I thought that's also very realistic. One and two are both, you know, good options or, or sorry, neither are good options, but they're very realistic. However, all of that, I think could have been a half episode. Like I could have gotten, I would have loved something else to go on. That was too long, honestly. I mean, so for me, uh, I, you know, I almost pulled Olivia and I almost fast forwarded. Like I just, I was like, Ugh, I don't know that I can watch this for an hour. Um, but I did. And it didn't kill the show for me even a little bit, but I did think for me it was the weakest episode. Allison? Um, I I would disagree. I, I loved this episode, and I, I was perfectly happy spending time, even though from the very beginning, mean, right from the get-go, I knew it was framed as a, as a, a flashback. So um, I, I knew, you know, pretty much the story beats we were going to watch. I figured, okay, this is how she... she finds out that she's immune and when we see that she's going off with this friend we know we haven't seen the friend later so uh the <laughs> friend doesn't survive this so you know uh, but but all the rest of it it was kind of you know yeah like the the first crush thing you know and and discovering love and in in the worst possible situation and the worst possible time to to do so and yeah, the inevitable happens and all of that. But the, the I was very happy to go along with the ride. I thought the acting was beautiful from from both Bella Ramsey and Storm Reid. Um, I thought it was just it was it was wonderfully done. The set of the of the mall, the mall? that made this decrepit, yeah. destroyed mall almost a magical location for the two of them, um, as as creepy as it was. Um, I, th I thought was wonderful. And there was an overall theme to it uh, because the, remember it begins with Joel telling Ellie to, to abandon him, that he's, you know, he's dying. He'll, he, he doesn't want her hanging out here. He wants her to, to move on, to go on and leave him behind. And she looks like she's going to do that. And then she has this flashback where the last thing that her friend tells her is, is not to ever give up you know, to not give in. And she, she takes that at the very end and does not give up on Joel and comes back to him and does whatever she needs to do to make sure he stays alive. And I thought yeah. that that was, that was beautifully done. I loved how, I loved how that tied in exactly to, to where we are now in the story. I mean, I thought uh, it was del done well, well I was but I just thought it took too long. Tom, your, your thoughts? I thought it was, I'm, I'm with Allison on this one. I thought it was a great episode. I thought Storm Reed and Bella Ramsey, I thought they had good chemistry with each other. I bought it. I liked that it wasn't rushed, that it had time to breathe. Because as far as the kids know, initially, they do have a lot of time to let the, you know, I, I think trying to pace it up would have been a mistake. Um, you know, we, since it's a flashback, we know how the parts end, so... You know, I thought it was great. I didn't realize it was DLC in the game, but that makes sense. Um, and it gave a lot of insight into Ellie's character. The fact that these yeah. kids are, you know, in this academy thing. Well, she talks about, and she also talks about in a few episodes ago, how she's not immune to loss. She knows Correct. what loss is. Well, that big, and this big lets her, yeah, this argument she has with Joel about, you know, I know what loss is like. So, um, yeah, no, I thought it was great. I, mean, uh, it also I, I, I have in, I to think... defend myself by saying that I didn't think that it was bad. I just thought it was too long. 
Well, you don't have to defend yourself. It's not well, that no, kind but of... I'm just, no. but it, it, you know, no, I'm not saying that people are attacking me, but I'm just saying if it's not clear, I just thought that it took too long. I know Tom was specifically saying it, it needed that length to breathe. But for me, because I knew all the story beats, and honestly, the mall thing, I've seen that in zombie movies. I've seen that in the end of the world movies. Like, to me, there was nothing particularly new about it. The acting was excellent, as I, you know, as I mentioned. But for me, I, I really was surprised. I'm really, I mean, honestly, I mean, just legit surprised that you guys thought that the length was what it needed, because I did not. I thought the acting was strong enough to give me what I needed to take away from it. And everything you guys are saying is 100% true. It explains the intensity of her loss. It explains, you know, I mean, everything you guys are saying is true, but I really, I'm shocked and I'm allowed to be wrong. <laughs> but for me, I I really, and I'm, I'm a slow goer. I can watch something unravel for three episodes and not complain. But I just think- uh, how, about, the how about this? Familiar. How about this, Yusin? I'm in the middle. Oh, there you uh, go. <laughs> uh, I love the beginning. I really, I mean, obviously we all knew where this was going. Sure. But I love seeing her at the orphanage and what her life was like and meeting the commandant and all sure. of that. I thought that was great. I think I liked the story once we got to the mall. I thought the traveling to the mall took too, a little too long for me. Yeah. Uh, but then once we got to the mall, I was kind of in it. Sure. Like once I realized, for me, once I realized this was a date, I was like, oh. You know, like it changed the whole feel for me. Because at first I thought it was just two friends hanging out. And I was like, I don't know if I want to see all of this. But once I realized how Ellie felt about this girl and then how hurt she was when she's like, I'm joining the Fireflies and I'm leaving forever, the stakes became very real. Oh, and, and that she couldn't very, go with her. And she could, it really felt hard. very heavy. Yeah. yeah. And it felt very heavy, very real, very dramatic. And I was in. I was yeah. totally in it. The only part, if I was like, like if I got to cut something, the only part I would have cut was they're tr taking forever to travel to the mall, finding that dead body and drinking on the roof and all. I was like, I didn't need all of that. Yeah. But once they got to the mall, I was kind of in it. I loved yeah. how beautiful it looked. And you're right. It's not the first post-apocalyptic show that has shown a decrepit mall. Yeah. But what I also liked is the stuff that they pointed out, like some of the stores were empty and some of the stores were not. And people wanted sneakers, but not soap, which I think is a mistake. You're in the apocalypse. <laughs> you need soap. So I, I did think that was a good line. I did. I thought that was a good line. Yeah. So I, I enjoyed it once we got to the seriousness and I realized that this was a date. I think once you actually I nailed it. it. Date, I think you figured out for me what I didn't like about it, actually. I think you literally solved it for me because I couldn't put my <laughs> finger on it. So you did it, Livia. I just was like, oh, it's too long. And the last thing I just want to say is I also thought it was because she was bringing her to meet uh, Marianne or Marta or whatever her name was, you know, to be enlisted into the Fireflies. But that twist where she was like, I asked and you're not allowed to come. So sorry. I thought, oh, right. Marlene. that was horrible. Yeah, it was Marlene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marlene. All right, well, let's wrap that up. I think overall we're all saying this is a thumbs up. Yeah, uh, just long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you guys have questions or comments, you leave at tvcampfire.gmail.com. Follow on Twitter or on Facebook. You can listen to us on sci-fi.radio, Six Degrees of Geek, iTunes, and I think that's it. So if you, so we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Bye.